And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Hi, this is Tom Lorry. I am your host for today. Our guest host today will be Ram Sharan, world-renowned business advisor, author, and speaker. He's written over 25 books, which have sold over 2 million copies. They've appeared on the best sellers list on Wall Street Journal, as well as the New York Times bestseller list. Ram is referred to by Jack Welch as someone who has the rare ability to distill meaningful from meaningless and transfer it in a quiet, effective way without destroying confidences. The former CEO of Verizon called Ram his secret weapon. And we'll, he'll be joining us in a second. But first, something from the news file. There was a story recently in the Wall Street Journal about companies starting to track their employees. Social media platforms like uh, Facebook and Twitter aren't the only ones now tracking how people connect and share with their peers. Employers have started to do this as well. Companies including the Boston Consulting Group and Microsoft are mining employees' emails, chat logs, and tracking face-to-face -face interactions to get a better grasp on how information travels among employees. Their goal, they say, is to cut down on time-consuming meetings, vague emails, and useless training sessions. Well, some people are already using apps to gauge productivity and employee performance. Researchers say these new technologies like sensor-laden ID badges and programs that analyze online calendars offer a much better way of how teams are communicating without overtaxing one another's time. One company, BCG, had a six-week trial that revealed that their people who stopped more often to chat with random colleagues spent, on average, five fewer hours in long meetings. They suspected the time difference meant co-mingling workers we're spreading news and updates more effectively and faster. This has led to how do we design the workplace to encourage more co-mingling. The push for all of this is really being driven by the changes in how we're working and how the need for collaboration has increased dramatically over the last 10 years. But as you would imagine, some will see this as another way of manipulation. But it's on its way, and it goes back to what's going on today with math, mathematical corporations, and algorithms. And I guess we're all just going to have to wait and see if it's a positive or a negative. But watch those sensors. We're going to be back in a minute, and we're going to have Ram Sharan with us to talk about several books that he's written that are of great interest. These are books that come from his years of observations and travel and working with executives around the world. Ah, my health insurance is killing me. Well, it was killing me too. That's why I just switched to a non-insurance ministry. It only costs $320 per month for my family of seven, and it's even less for couples and singles. Wow. It's a solid organization, been around 17 years. We have the dependability of a proven method, but it's different. It's Christian-based, so we don't have to pay for non-Christian practices like abortions. Plus, we can choose our own doctors. Well, what is it? Samaritan Ministries. SamaritanMinistries.org. That's easy to remember. SamaritanMinistries.org. Imagine waking up and walking just eight steps to your work. No commute, no traffic. You set your own hours, full-time or part-time. Your choice. Supplement your income, replace your income. It's up to you. 
HopeInACan.com can help you get there. These aren't empty promises. When Catherine, a popular hairstylist back east, became ill and needed different work, she became part of the Hope in a Can team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now, toll-free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. Because you're active in your church, you may have wondered, how can we maintain the quality of our stained glass windows? What is their value? What would repairs cost? You can get a no-cost analysis of your church's stained glass windows at willethauser.com to help you make the best decisions for restoration or new windows. A free inspection and evaluation of your church's windows by the Willethauser Artisans can answer your questions. Over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience. Willethauser.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Hi, this is Tom Laurie. Welcome back. We're talking with today, we're going to be talking with our co-mentor, our host mentor, I should say, Ram Sharan, who is a world-renowned business advisor, author, and speaker. Ram, his work takes him around the globe nonstop. It gives him unparalleled, up-to-date, an insider's view of how economies and leading companies operate. He's been an advisor to many, many CEOs, including Jack Welch, the CEO of Verizon. Uh, he's, today, he's coming to us from Hong Kong, and I'm sure he's going to be talking to somebody there, many people there while he's there. He's, got, he's done a lot of work in India, China, certainly Europe, and South America. I wrote a number of very good books that I encourage people to read. Uh, one is The Global Tilt, which has to do with what's going on globally with regards to a change in the power structure from an economic standpoint. And today we're going to talk about two of his books. One is The Attacker's Advantage. And first we're going to talk about one of my favorite books, and that is What Every CEO Wants You to Know. Ram, welcome to, uh, uh, to the audience. Welcome to the mentors, and thank you for your time. I'm delighted to be on the show, and thank you, Tom. And I hope what I say has you to be useful to the people. Well, Go I know ahead. I know that your introduction to business came early while you were working in the family shoe shop in a small town north of uh, New Delhi. Could you tell us a little bit about the basics that you learned uh, while working in the family yeah. shoe shop? Yeah, so in our town, which is 36 miles from New Delhi, we Hindus did not have any shoe shop, so we put our first shoe shop. And I would go to school at 9 o'clock. I was about 12, 13, and come back at 4 and go right to the shoe shop. And there you learn very quickly what cash flow is. No cash, you got problems. We learn how to price the pair of shoes, what the margin is, which shoes are selling, which shoes are not selling, what to do when the shoes are not selling, do you cut the price or do you throw them away? What's your inventory turns? And you keep an eye on very strongly what the customer is looking for. You don't show things that the customer cannot afford. So we learn how to gauge what kind of a price range this customer looking for the shoes and do that and fit that. I used to fit these shoes in the customer's feet myself or take a number of shoes on a bicycle. Ram, I've heard over the years, because of the small town that you grew up in and your connection to that town and your love for the people there, that you have helped a number of young kids out of that area go on to college. Could you talk a little bit about that and your efforts yeah, it's a, it's a Tom, it's a very common cultural thing. In the culture, Hindu culture, it's a, it's a very clear practice that a small percentage of your income must go to charity of some kind. Today, for large companies, it's a lot, 2% of profits. 
So the idea is to figure out what somebody wants, can you help, right? That kind of a thing I did. And um, you go back, I think you go back there once a year or a couple times a year? Or... I used to, I used to do that. All that has been now given to somebody else's. And one of the things that I'd like you to, to talk about just briefly, because it ties into what you're doing here, is that there is, appears that narcissism is increasing and empathy is decreasing. Is We're living in a world of big egos and pride. Do you have any observations with all the work that you're doing around the world and you meet so many different people? Yeah, I think the, the days of imperial CEOs are declining. People are beginning to see humility matters. People are getting better listeners. People who run companies strictly through numbers are not going to win. They've got to, and they are, saying that their highest lever to succeed is people. They've got to know the people. They've got to have the emotional intelligence. They've got to motivate people. They've got to be open with people. They cannot trick the people. It's gradual. It's beginning to change. And... In your books, you often reference those people who helped you with regards to the books that you've written. As you look back on your career and all the work that you've done uh, and all the people that you've met, who were really the most important influences? I, I'm, I know that your family life and the shoe business was really important, uh, but who else, as you moved along in the world of uh business on a global scale, some people have really had a gigantic impact on you and why? I think the, it all began with the high school. My teachers were in their mid-twenties. School has no facilities. We used to go six days a week, eight to 11 or one to four, either of the two shifts. We sat on the floor. We essentially had no books, but these teachers had the greatest influence on me. And they were dedicated, they were driven for the student to win, to succeed, to learn. So that was very high influence on me. In the engineering college, again, there were professors dedicated. It was the best engineering college in India at the time. In Australia, when I came to work, there was a gentleman who was essentially number two in the company. And he allowed me to question what was going in the company. So I got time from him, he mentored me. And then I came to Honolulu, the CEO there, and the same thing there, he let me do things at his level to change the company going forward. At Harvard, I had a number of professors, many of them were superb teachers, so I learned from them. And that helped me become a better teacher. So this is how then I got to GE, and I began to observe what GE was doing what Jack Welch was doing. I learned a tremendous amount from him, by his writings from him, what I saw in Crotonville. I used to teach for Crotonville for almost 40 years consecutively. And there I developed new things, learned new things. So there are a number of people, uh, CEO of Verizon, CEO of DuPont, uh, now CEO of Amgen. So there are a number of these people who have helped me in my life. Tom, you have helped me in my life. So the key here is that we ought to be gracious, humble, and learn from everybody. And you have to be finding things you love to do. I'm a lucky man. I'm allowed to do what I love to do. And with all of the uh, interactions you've had with all these people, I'm curious, what has been the role of, and I'll name a couple of them, then you can pick out what you want to talk to, but the role of discipline with these people, uh, the role of uh, respect for humanity, the role of resilience, credibility, and trust. Uh, how, do, how do these things play a role for those people that you view as really being successful? Not necessarily making a ton of money, but just successful in life and integrating their careers. Yeah, I think the, the people... Uh, uh, these people, because I was able to work on one-on-one. -on -one. I'm able to work today on one-on-one, -on -one, private, trustworthy, never violated, 
they will share what's on their mind. At the end of the day, they are all human beings. They have certain characteristics, certain traits, certain skills, different from others. And that's what made them successful. The most critical part in all of these is learning. How they learn, what they learn, what they actually pick from the learning to execute and do that. They learn from anybody. So these are some of the things these people do. They have ambition, they have goals. They know how to work with people. A high potential leader is the one who finds the best people, extend their potential, get them to do what needs to be done, versus a high potential individual who does the work alone and does not really take people with them. So these are the kinds of things, Tom. Many of these CEOs I worked with have a reasonably good balance in life. They have a family life. I did not work with Roberto Gozueta of Coca-Cola, but he had a great balance of life. When he was in town, he would go home at 6 o'clock and sit with his family, with his wife, Olgita, and have his home, dinner, and drinks. So people find a way to get their return on time and manage time with a great discipline. Well, I didn't mention at the top of the show, but I do, I think it's a good point to remind our listeners, or to tell our listeners, that Ram came out with a book recently called High Potential Leaders, How to Grow Fast, Take on New Responsibilities, and Make an Impact, which some of what he's talking about comes from his observations, which he uh, talks a great deal about in the book. How do, how do you, you, I mean, you know, you're dealing with technology, you're dealing with economics, you're dealing with uh, fintech. Uh, how do you stay current? I think, Tom, the key is first, I have been working on the viewpoint, mindset, and psychology of a CEO and a business person, almost from the early days. So all these ideas, topics relate to the work content of a CEO, be a one corner store, be a chain of stores, be a GE, which has so many businesses, over $130 billion in sales. It doesn't matter. A CEO has to deal with the totality and select key things out of that. So economy, technology, the business models, the strategy, organization, they link together from that viewpoint. And that's how I keep track. Well, switching gears, I want to get into the nuts and bolts of what every CEO wants you to know. And, of course, the thing that I always uh, – I mean, it really changed my thinking when you and I uh, talked about it and then you put it in the book – had to do with velocity. And yeah. could you – Talk to uh, that subject. I think that's something that's extremely important today and the importance of velocity. Yeah. The CEO of Amazon, Jeff Bezos, now says the high velocity. High velocity, first think about we went from horse cart to automobile to aeroplanes to supersonics. And so high velocity is a mankind thing that has improved our standard of living. In business, if you take a retail store like my shoe shop, here the velocity is that you buy your shoes overnight. So we used to go to where Taj Mahal is. We go overnight. We buy a number of pair of shoes for a week and sell them. And then go back again and sell them. So this way our velocity could be almost 50, 50 weeks. And if we can do that, our investment is low, and we can have a high velocity and low margins. Low margins convert into lower price, and as a result, we get a lot more customers. So that was the formula Sam Walton put. Sam Walton, when he built the Walmart business, it was low gross margin, low expenses, and he turned the inventories 
at very high velocity compared to his competition and he passed the savings to the customer. Customer liked it, more customers came in, same stores, and therefore they got more return on their investment. It is now same thing with Amazon. Its inventory turns are higher than most retailers. It is able to order exactly what is needed. It's able to deliver to the customer in one hour or two days, at least the premium people, prime people. So velocity reduces investment needed. It chooses less cash, and you can have lower margin to get higher return because return is multiplication of margin and velocity. I want to come back and talk some more about velocity. It's a subject near and dear to my heart. After the break, we're with Ram Sharan, world-renowned uh, business advisor and author. Uh, this is Tom Laurie, your host today for The Mentors. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. My pillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-890-6632, 1-800-890-6632, and use promo code MENTORS. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now. All Catholics are invited to join the Young Catholic Professionals, YCP for short, National Movement. One of the nation's fastest-growing Catholic organizations, with chapters in 15 cities nationwide and international interest, YCP was founded by peers to inspire young professionals to work and witness for Christ. YCP's programs are designed to help young people at every stage of the journey to grow as Catholics and as professionals. Our members use their experience to become ambassadors of the faith in the public square, forming tomorrow's leaders to step forward in their communities, parishes, and workplaces. There's an opportunity for Catholics of all ages to get involved. Visit our website, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, to learn more about how you can get involved in this exciting apostolate. That's youngcatholicprofessionals.org, youngcatholicprofessionals.org. Attention salespeople, are you struggling trying to make sales on a daily basis so you can earn more money and enjoy a better lifestyle? Are you sick and tired of prospects telling you they want to think about it and not being able to pay your bills? End all that now by going to www.minutestosales.com and sign up for my free webinar. Hello, I'm Jeff Motter and I regularly hear from salespeople and business owners who are struggling to get more sales because they don't know how to sell in a clear and convincing way. And that was me when I started out in sales more than 35 years ago. I knew I had a great product that made people's lives better, but for some reason I just didn't know how to tell people about it in a clear and convincing way. I couldn't even close the door, so to speak. But all that changed when I cracked the code. Since then I've helped hundreds of people to understand the process and be able to sell at will. If you'd like to start making more sales immediately, sign up for my free webinar at www.minutestosales.com where you can experience for yourself my simple, amazing process and see how it instantly improves your sales ability. Go to www.minutestosales.com today and sign up for my free webinar. Talk to you soon. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. This is Tom Lorry. Welcome back. We're talking with Ram Sharan, world-renowned advisor and best-selling book author of Execution and 28, 27 other books that have been featured on the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times best-selling list. Uh, Ram is uh, talking. Right now we're talking. We're going to go back and talk some more about velocity. And uh, I guess it's an observation that I have, Ram, that I'll just share with you. Uh, it's something that I talk about when I give some talks about medical 
technology and what's going on globally. Uh, I grew up in a American Hospital Supply, as you know, and everything was focused. Well, with the, we had the Hospital Supply Division, which was really focused on velocity, but we had specialty divisions that were really focused on margin. And Peter Drucker, years ago, when I had a chance to talk with him, told me to be careful and not be too focused on the margin and think more about the velocity. And then you uh, really taught me what the concept uh, really meant. But when we look at the major medical companies here in the United States, uh, most of them are margin-driven. And as we know, if they were to lose anything on margin, their stock price would take a big hit, which means their ability to raise capital uh, would be reduced. And I have seen over many years, because we've exported our medical technology to Europe and uh, now to Asia, uh, a lot of companies now outside the United States coming along with products and they are developed without thinking about the problems that we have here with FDA regulation. While the regulation can be good, it can also be uh, burdensome. But more importantly, CPT codes, which give an artificial price to a product. And it's been my experience watching people, particularly in Asia, they're out just trying to solve a problem and margins are less interesting to them than uh, velocity. Uh, is that observation of mine, is that something that resonates or do you think I'm off base? Yeah, I think there are some very basics. If a company in healthcare able to cut the development time if, if a company in, 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 in healthcare cut the development time by two years, they will be applauded by the investors. That is velocity. Second, if you are a normal business without such developments, you try to get your velocity first, show to the investors, they will applaud by you reducing margins because you will gain market share and it will sustain. So those two things developed differently will give you better investment, better business, and you improve the internal working of the corporation. So there are people who are more concerned about velocity, but that velocity has to also have produced some margins because margins is cash, velocity uses less cash, but you do need cash. Well, we have Reza Elkani, who's the CFO for Biologics, also on the line here. And uh, Biologics is an early-stage company, and I hope Reza heard that uh, <laughs> because that can increase the value of the company by uh, reducing the development time. I think that's the message I got out of that, which uh, makes a lot of sense because you get to market quicker and you increase value and certainly get a lot more interest in, from uh, investors because uh, you're going to move – moving to the market more quickly. So I, I get that. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Uh, we're going to shift gears and talk about The Attacker's Advantage, which is another one of your great books that came out, I believe, in 2015. And yes. in that, uh, you talk about the advantage of an attacker is the ability to detect ahead of others those forces that are radically reshaping your marketplace, then positioning your business to make the next move first. Maybe you could give us some examples and talk about this, uh, the, again, the structural changes that are underway and why this is so important. The world changes sometimes in radical ways. A personal computer revolution starting in 1976 changed the world. 2007, iPhone. Ten years ago, roughly now, changed the world, changed the companies. A structural change. Some companies like Nokia, like Motorola, disappeared. Some other telephone companies, cell phone companies, or the handset companies disappeared. So there comes a period of a decade or two when there is a radical change. Medical change took place when Henry Ford produced a mass-producing car. This is that era here now that we have a structural change. A structural change means consumer habits changing, rules of competition changing, and the way we did the business is not going to be the one to take you in the future. So here, for example, 
we have a 150 billion dollar advertising business almost all in the past television magazines newspapers today a structural change 50% is done online like Facebook like Google and that proportion is changing in their fair in their in their favor that is a structural change same thing most of us today almost 90 billion people in America buy online and the bricks and mortar people are some of them are very badly hurt because online people can buy when they buy they can make a decision on the spot and in many cases they can have it delivered in one hour that is a structural change and you've uh, noted that the victors are those and I guess this would be the attackers are those that create the change yeah yeah so here people need to learn this you have data as the king use of algorithms gives you power you still must understand the customer and link with it those who are able to combine these three things build a scale ahead of others it is what is known as winners take all so you do this take ahead of this your data and your customer connect and your ecosystem gives you power go ahead if you're far behind you may not be able to ever recover we have examples like Sears Sears about six weeks ago announced that it may have difficulty surviving they get the rescue now so they could have been on the attack people forget that only 20 years ago they were number one number two and now you hear these stories attackers advantage is go on the offensive get new capabilities change your mindset take some risks but get ahead of others and we're going to come back and talk about how we get ahead of everybody when we return with Ram Sharan, world-renowned business advisor and author, who is my guest mentor today. And I'm your host, Tom Laurie. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration, and a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to catholictextbookproject.com to find out why. This is a church, a church that might be like yours with beautiful stained glass windows. Through the years, time and weather took their toll, so the people in this church went online and found Willett Hauser Architectural Glass. Willett Hauser did a free inspection and evaluation of the church's windows. Then their craftsmen with over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience brought the church's stained glass windows back to life. WillettHauser.com Ah, my health insurance is killing me. Well, it was killing me, too. That's why I just switched to a non-insurance ministry. It only costs $320 per month for my family of seven, and it's even less for couples and singles. Wow. It's a solid organization, been around 17 years. We have the dependability of a proven method, but it's different. It's Christian-based, so we don't have to pay for non-Christian practices like abortions. Plus, we can choose our own doctors. What is it? Samaritan Ministries. SamaritanMinistries.org. That's easy to remember. SamaritanMinistries.org. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. 
Hi, this is Tom Laurie. I'm with Ram Charan, uh, a, a good friend and a world-renowned advisor and best-selling author. And we're talking about, we, we were talking about velocity. We're now talking about change and what's going on in the world. And, you know, as you talk, Ram, I'm sitting there, I would imagine there's a lot of people that probably should just leave the company they're in and go find somebody that's on the other curve that's on the way uh, up. Is that a, I mean, part of it is you could be stuck in a company. Yeah, Tom, the rule of life is to keep searching where you can do what you love to do. You do that, you get a ton of energy. <clears throat> Success creates more energy. You don't run away from difficulties but find what your God's gift is, what commands your energy, dedication. And the examples of this are full in history, where people knocked their head around, eventually found what is known as the calling. So somebody is stuck in a company, first, recognize that you are in a rut. How do you recognize? You go home, you go home unhappy. You come back, you're not enthusiastic for a variety of reasons. Recognize that. And you say to yourself, this is not for me. Now, while you're there, be honest to your employer, but start looking for things, even though you have to take a pay cut, as you did, as I did, that you go where you can be honest, intellectually, otherwise, to dedicate to the purpose to the mission, and where you can use your skills, learn new skills, and make a contribution. And one of the things you talk about, and we won't have a lot of time to cover this because I want to get into the joint planning session, is the perceptual acuity. And Ram covers this and many other subjects uh, related to how someone should deal with the changing environment and the attacker's advantage. He, he also covers this uh, material differently, but from a different perspective and a high potential leader, which I highly recommend to our audience. But one, two things I want you to talk about with regards to perceptual acuity, and that is the, which is the psychological and mental preparedness uh, to see things and spot uh, uh, anomalies, contradictions, and things uh, so you can connect the dots. What is the 10-minute exercise? Yeah, the key point here is that Everybody should spend time every day to some source of information, be a newspaper, maybe a colleague in other companies, other disciplines, and ask the question, what's new? New to you, new to them. And then look what is the source of that newness. If you do that daily, your perceptual acuity will increase. A 10-minute exercise that I have put in companies that most leaders have a staff meeting, some monthly, some weekly, some quarterly. So let us say it's weekly, 50 weeks a year. You set the setting and context for your direct reports. Then ask one person to prepare, but prepare himself herself, not consultants, not subordinates, and find an example of a structural change, something radically driving change and tell in the first five minutes what it is. You don't have to defend it. And who made use of it, who did not. Next meeting, second person, third person, fourth person. Make it a habit. Your perceptual acuity will increase. This way, 10-minute exercise combined together, you will find some new things. This is a habit to search for. I was very, very impressed when Larry Fink, the CEO of world's largest accumulation of funds, BlackRock. Once I was with him interviewing, and he said that before he goes to bed, he reads the information sources like newspapers. And I asked him why. I said, the editors of these always looking for something new, and I need to know what that is. That's dedication to improve your perceptual acuity. Steve Jobs was one of the very best to learn about consumer and what technologies can improve 
the life of a consumer. He always was searching for something new. And in the uh, attacker's advantage, which we don't have time to cover because I want to get into the joint planning session, but uh, Ram talks about the, the things that are needed in people and also the blockages that he's observed in people that have kept them from moving on and becoming perceptive. I, I, now I want to move to the joint planning session, which, as you well know, is something that is very near and dear to my heart. I saw you execute on that uh, with my uh, executive team and board of directors back in the late 1990s, and it was an amazing thing to watch. I know in watching you pull this off, uh, it's something that the CEO shouldn't be doing. Uh, it really takes somebody as an out, as an outsider to do that. Could you walk? And I know Sam Walton started this, but could you walk us through the joint planning session? Yeah. And how yeah. how I, people can implement I, it? Yeah, the key is a team is built by practicing together. So I called it joint practice sessions. You cannot have a basketball team without practicing on the court. A coach observing you helping you and basketball is speed matters so originally it came from Sam Walton he had his 17 people in the early days together for an hour six days a week and they will go through asking questions Sam will ask the question how many customers came didn't buy anything each person was required to go to see a competitor what is the competitor selling better more or less what the customer is looking for, we don't have. There were eight such questions, and you do daily, six days a week. Everybody understand the business. And then we say we are short of something. So you make a decision on the spot and get it into the stores in two weeks, whereas the other companies used to take eight weeks, ten weeks. So the speed and velocity went up. And then it got really done at Ford. Alan Mulally came from... Uh, uh, Boeing. Ford was close to bankruptcy and they put 22 billion dollars in debt and also loaned the, the oval. And he put this practice in a better way, more comprehensive way. Every Thursday all the people have to be there and they will report in a simple way where are they on each of their tasks and what help they need. This is a session of help reprioritization and that was done consistently for seven years people grew they saw a big picture and they made decisions many of them on the spot helping each other so if you want to build a team is playing on the court and the team help each other what are the priorities it is one of the best techniques of execution and getting high velocity and you mentioned that the list, the five to ten most critical issues uh, collectively, right? You, they have some kind of a Correct. priority five. list. Just five. Stay with five. So you're going to do this next quarter. What is it specifically? Every week, if you do weekly this session, are you red? Are you yellow? Are you green? And if you're red, what help you need? What's the solution? Will help you succeed. Okay, we're going to come back in a minute to talk about, uh, to close out with Ram Sharan, who has spent the last uh, 45 minutes with us from Hong Kong talking about high potential leaders, the attacker's advantage, and many more things relating to today's economy and organization. We'll be right back. I had like memory foams, I had feather pillows, and I'd always wake up with neck pain. After sleeping on my pillow, I didn't wake up with the headaches, I was more aligned. I didn't realize the connection between the pillow and sleep. When I switched to my pillow, I got a better night's sleep, and I love it. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs, and it holds that support all night long to take the pressure off your shoulders and keep your neck aligned so you get the best night's sleep of your life. My pillow is machine washable and dryable and comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and an amazing 10-year warranty. Plus, every my pillow is made in the USA. I personally guarantee that my pillow will be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. 
MyPillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-890-6632 and use promo code MENTORS. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration, and a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to catholictextbookproject.com to find out why. Imagine waking up and walking just eight steps to your work. No commute, no traffic. You set your own hours, full-time or part-time. Your choice. Supplement your income, replace your income. It's up to you. HopeInACan.com can help you get there. These aren't empty promises. When Catherine, a popular hairstylist back east, became ill and needed different work, she became part of the Hope in a Can team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now, toll-free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Hi, this is Tom Laurie. Thanks for joining us. And if you've missed uh, anything today with regards to this show or any other shows, please go to thementorsradio.com. We have all the shows archived. They're available now on podcast and iTunes. And you can send us uh, any letters, comments, whatever, uh, via the website. We appreciate the letters we've received thus far and all the positive comments about the show. We're with Ram Sharan today, who is a world-renowned business advisor and also a um, best-selling author. And the way I like to describe Ram when uh, people ask me, what's he like? I, I tell people, I said, you know, an hour with Ram is like having somebody take your brains and put them in a beater. You, you, you come out exhausted. Uh, and I'm sure that our listeners today, <laughs> with so much material, uh, are going to feel no different. It's, it's just a a real pleasure to have you with us today, Ron. Thank you very much. Thank um, you, Bede. Honored to hear. Absolutely. So, we were talking about uh, this joint planning session, and I don't want it to be lost on people who are listening. Uh, you talked about it from an organizational executive level. It can be done in any organization, by the way. This is not just big companies. Yeah. This is small companies. Exactly. Any organization, wherever you want to build a team. Yep. Practice together on real work. And what we did, which was unusual, is we did a retreat once a year, if you remember, and we brought in the board of directors. Yep. And you split yep. us into teams, and we gave, and the assignment was, uh, what were the uh, six uh, biggest challenges the company faced in the next six months? What were the six biggest challenges in the next 18 months? We all came back. Yep. We reported on that. You listed that. We came up with a prioritization of that. And then we went back and did the same thing and what we needed to do. And I yep. can tell you as a CEO, as you well, you well know, a lot of people don't realize it, when you're the CEO, you're the buffer between the people who report to you and the board of directors. And everybody yes. has a different idea about how the company should be run. And you're yeah. uh, spending a lot of time trying to uh, keep people on the same page. And what I've learned... Yeah, so Tom... Yeah. Go ahead. Tom, I am now doing to boards of very large companies and very large number of directors on one board. I put that in 
And out of that came some very important decisions. Oh, I'm because not... large boards, boards of large number of directors. There's no other better way to get everybody to participate and bring their real thinking together. Well, and I also found that after the meeting, uh, there'd be a board member that didn't quite like still where we ended up as a group. And I could always go back and say, no, this is the agreement we had. These are the objectives. This is where we need to focus. And I could do that with the people who reported to me. So I could keep everything moving in the same direction because it was an agreed upon plan rather than my plan. Exactly. And, exactly. and, and now CEOs out there, don't get concerned because you are the integrator. You're getting all this information and you'll find that with a good outside facilitator that what you think inside will eventually come out in the meeting uh, and just make your job a lot easier. Easier and it has gravitas because people have participated, debated, yep. so pros and cons, and one or two who do not agree with it, they commit. Just like Jeff Bezos said today, disagree but commit. Well, you've shared a great deal with us and a lot for our listeners to think about. And I will remind uh, our audience that uh, Chambers uh, from Cisco at Davos a couple of years ago made a comment that 40% of the companies that were attending that meeting uh, will not exist in a meaningful way in the next 10 years. And I think that's what we're getting at is that there's really a fundamental change that's taking place and it has to be addressed by the leaders of tomorrow and certainly by the leaders of today, uh, which requires them to open their minds. Ram, I really thank you so much. This has been great to have you. You've been a mentor for me, so it's fine to have you. It's really fun to have you mentor my audience as well. I really appreciate the time uh, and calling in from Hong Kong. I know you're very busy. Um, any closing remarks? Yes, the key point is build the future, build your talent, and apply your talent where it matters. Thank you very much, Ram. This is Tom Laurie. Until next week, on behalf of Rick Brutico, John Phillips, and the mentors, our guest mentors, I'm urging you to be all you can be and to keep the candle lit for those who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.